ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hello, sports fans. Whoa, hello there. Local sports, national sports. The GCAT has got you covered. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Time to tee it up and let it fly. It's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Check it out, George. Well, we've reached the midway point of your work weekend. Oh, my goodness, we have some storylines for you to discuss. The phone number, 800-998-1003 at ESPN Radio NOLA. Jordan Kleber will have the questions of the day for you here shortly. Also, we'll give you the phone numbers, the Twitter handle, all of that and more. Pels get a wind. Uh-oh. NFL. <laughs> you got some explaining to do. And um, more importantly, Jordan, it is signing day, right? First Wednesday in February. So we got a lot to get into with that. And first and foremost, though, of course, welcome to the midway point of your work week. Uh oh, guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? It's hump day. Hump day. I know you can hear me. Let's get stupid. Today's more that what that Camel Wednesday hump day is. What it is. Day is shot G and the digital underground. What? Why, why your hands outstretched? What? What is your issue? I don't think you said it. What? You know what today is. Hump day. No. It's the 2nd of February. No. It's Wednesday. There's a little animal that comes out. Groundhog day. Yes. Yes. Phil did see his shadow six more weeks of winter. Damn, Phil. <laughs> to all the ladies, peace and humpiness forever. What's wrong with you? Why, why, why are you upset at Phil? I don't understand why you upset at Phil. Huh? Why are you upset at Phil? Do you know why this is a tradition at all? I actually, uh, I don't know. Why don't you tell us? I don't know. You I don't was, know? I was hoping that you would know. <laughs> I just thought some guy Whatever. with a top hat comes out in a nice fancy yes. coat and then takes a, a groundhog out of its burrow. Burrow. Speaking of, huh? See, I see what you did there. Bengals in the Super Bowl along with you know who. There it is. <sighs> Getting closer, of course. Got uh, got a bunch of things to discuss here today and throw out the guest list here for you at first. And then we'll get into everything that is going on. And the big news in the NFL with Brian Flores, for sure. Uh, suing the NFL and teams for racial discrimination, all based off of Bill Belichick text. And other things inside of that suit that really have a lot of people talking about, not just the racial discrimination thing. So I'll open it up to you if you want to discuss that as well, including could owners have been paying their coaches to lose games. For many of you out there that have long said the NFL is is fixed like pro wrestling, you have plenty of ammo this morning. And you hate me for giving away tickets to Saints games. Because I want to put food on my table. Well. <laughs> Yet they could go out and blow games for the paying customer. Well, like I said, um, we, we'll, we'll address that. Brian Flores has uh, made the, the rounds this morning. News station, CBS, CNN, also was on Get Up as well. So we'll have some of that sound 
and hear what he has to say here as well. Pelicans, congratulations. They snapped Jordan. That losing streak. Um, slight difference, you think? Slight difference when Brandon Ingram comes back? Yeah. You slight difference? Actually win games. Yeah, you actually do win games. Uh, again, Jose Alvarado continuing to play well. You, you know what Your was nice? Guy. That's right. Finally. It only took to February 2nd. Second free throw. No good. Jonas got the rebound. Triple team to Ingram. Get it to Trey. Left corner three. Yes, sir! Nothing but net. Murphy's corner in Motown. New career high for Trey Murphy as well. That's right, baby. 12 points, Jordan. That was uh second three right there. He was two of five. It sounded like a lot more, but you know what? It's a start. It's a start. At some point in time, we're gonna we saw the guy shoot extremely well. He's really good. Let, let's see what sort of happens here. Anyway, Brandon Ingram, 26 points in the game. We'll hear from the locker room uh, coming up in a quick sec. And uh, Herb Jones, six points, seven boards, two assists, a steal. But, Jordan, there was news yesterday that had to deal with Herb. Yeah, so he was selected for the Rising Star game. Kind of crazy that he was a, you know, a later pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. No one really talked about him, and he made a name for himself. I think he's in the top six right now in the rookie ladder um, per a lot of these different uh, NBA rookie ratings. So, hey, big shout-out to Herb Jones and being selected for the Rising Star game. That's a big thing. That's a big thing, again, because normally your Rising Stars, if we've said this before, are based on offensive issues, right, on that issues or things that they can do, right? And it based off of offense and He's made a name of himself because of his defense. I mean, he had six points last night. I mean, how often do you see... But he's see, a rising star. He how often do is. you see a team putting yeah. out jerseys now where fans are asking mm-hmm. for Herb Jones jerseys, uh, and, and it happens in his first year, halfway through his first year, and yeah. it was a later pick. Yeah, no doubt. So, uh quickly, here is head coach Willie Green on the fact that... They finally get this win, and, and now they hope that eventually they get a couple of days off. They played four games in five days, and they don't play again until later in the week, which is a good thing, right? Give them, give them a little time to kind of get some legs and everything. But hey, that's nice. Yeah, you know it's a tough loss, but there's a lot of good to take away from this game. Um, we rebounded the ball well. Uh, we got to the free throw line, points in the paint. Uh, we did a lot of things. That's the wrong bite. Sorry. I'm looking at you like, tough loss. What are you talking about? I didn't know what day it was. Apologies for that. I put the right date on there, right? Yeah, I know. You did. You did. I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he's some beats. Here we go. Here is Willie Green on the win. Uh, we've been talking about it all season, but just this is a resilient group, and we just stay with it. Cleveland was a tough loss, uh, but the, the thing that I like is that we, we gave ourselves an opportunity to win the game. And over and over again, we want to continue to do that. Tonight was another example of the last five minutes of the game, putting yourself in a position to win the game. And we executed better. We got stops, things that we needed to do the night before we didn't. But a gutsy win on on our part tonight to come into Detroit and get this win. You know, and here's the thing. The the day before, the night before, Jordan, they didn't in the fourth quarter. I I think they, they absolutely should have won that Cleveland game. Don't you? Yeah, you had to lead the entire way the besides entire way. the last it, minute you, of the game. You literally just, just failed to close, which they hadn't done really um, 
as much recently. Again, Brandon Ingram getting him back, that's kind of a big deal and, and no chance. Um, you know, it's not that you don't have a chance when you don't have him or Zion on the court, but Jordan, it, it makes it substantially harder when you don't have those players on the court for sure. Coach Green on BI coming back. It's just great to have him back. Um, he was aggressive. He looked like he didn't miss a beat and he was getting to his spots, getting to the foul line. Um, he ma- it makes a huge difference with our team when he's on the floor and, uh, you know, we're, we're happy to have him. As for B.I., his thoughts on the fact that this team is showing some growth there, right? I mean, again, could have won some of these games without him. Tough to. It was good for the team. You know, um, that's a big um, confidence boost for for Trey. Um, not being in, in the rotation for a lot of games and then having a chance to come out here and, and be himself, um, knocking down threes, getting into the lane, getting some offensive rebounds, and, and being good on the defensive end. We definitely needed that out of him tonight. Um, Jose, he's been um, pretty consistent as of late in, in, in the things that he does on the defensive end and, and offensively just running the offense. So uh, we continue to grow. Now, a lot of people are trying to get Brandon Ingram into the All-Star game. As Jordan mentioned, the All-Star weekend, Herb Jones will be there. As part of the Rising Star um, game, which again, it, it's fantastic. Bi on it. Very deserving. Um, he's a he's a professional, coming in every single day, getting his work in. Um, the, the hours that that you don't see every single day, and um, it definitely shows on the floor when he when he gets out there. So uh, it's well deserved for um, a good basketball player and a, a great person. Herb himself after a game yesterday on the honor. I'm looking forward to it a lot, man. Uh, and they told me at halftime, like I. I've seen it on social media, you know, like people was talking that I might get an invite, but that wasn't really a concern of mine. But, I mean, it's a great feeling to, you know, get, get that accomplishment under my belt. Uh, and once, you know, after after that game, we would get back to work uh, in, during the regular season. All right. So, Jordan, again, massive props to Herb to be able to do that. And that's nice. Still a possibility maybe uh, once the, the rest of the squads announce that maybe Brandon Ingle can get in there with the All-Stars uh, coming up here on the 20th. The 10th is the trade deadline. Jordan, there's a report out there that the Pels could be looking at a couple of players. Ali Cosell is going to join us to talk about that coming up at 2.15. Just go ahead and mention the three players. We'll get into the report here in a quick second. Yeah, per this report, Pelicans nice. interested in Harrison Barnes, I'm a good, I'm good. Robert Covington, sure, that's fine. and Eric Gordon. Who? Eric Gordon. You know the guy that... Like Lemonhead, Eric Gordon? Yeah. Okay. The guy that mainly most of the Smoothie King Arena boos whenever he touches the ball when he's here in mainly. New Orleans. Tell you something. I also put out a poll question. <laughs> oh, you did? You put out a poll question? What, what, what Would did you, you like to it? see Eric Gordon in a Pelicans uniform again? Just posted it <laughs> 10 minutes ago. 24 <laughs> votes, all no. All, all 24. Two comments. <laughs> there's not There's not one. Can you make never an option? <laughs> Is his heart still in Phoenix? <laughs> Let me tell you something. That photo of he and uh, yes, I mean there was, it, there was it, COVID on that shirt before COVID oh, was even a thing. No, it's worse than COVID. That's acid. I mean, yeah they they were grabbing that jersey with with the most minimalist of a finger and thumb, pinching that jersey that day at the arena when they're introduced. <laughs> Good old you see, I, if you would have posted that picture with the poll, you would have swayed. You think? 
people to feel you can't pick you can't post pictures you can't post. with a pole but that would have been the appropriate picture <laughs> wow anyway 800-998-1003 and we open up the phone lines if you like to chat about the pels and these reports at the pels apparently by a lot of people looking to be buyers at this trade deadline, is that surprising or not? We've heard the name CJ McCollum. Now a couple of other names here as well. So it does definitely does look that. The other part of that report, though, Jordan, does mention that the Pels could be more than in the past be willing to part ways with Nikhil Alexander-Walker or Jackson Hayes as part of the deal. Look, again, you always, you always look at it like this. If you want something, you have to give up something. It's called a trade, right? And if you want a name or a top player... That said organization is going to want young talent in return that has potential. Again, those two are, you know, first round draft picks. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Obviously, the big news today in and around the world of sports and in the NFL is the Brian Flores lawsuit. As I mentioned, he's been on television networks this morning and, of course, on ESPN as well on Get Up. Mike Greenberg interviewed him first and foremost. It started with the text from Bill Belichick congratulating him on the job. The only problem was he hadn't gotten that job. He still had to interview with the Giants. The Giants, of course, then hired Brian Dable. That's who Bill thought he was texting. Or was it? There's a lot of people reading into this text now thinking that maybe he knew exactly what he was doing. Or... If he meant to let Brian know that another Brian had gotten that job anyway... He went and did the interview. Obviously, the job had already been essentially given. Sir, slower's on the text for starters. I think the, those text messages confirmed a lot of what a lot of us, you know, black minority coaches already feel. That a lot of we're going into these and they're shams. It confirmed that. A lot of uh, there's a belief in, in, you know, look, that was just a mistake by Bill Check. We've all sent the wrong text message to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um but in this instance, it came to me, and and it was almost you know it was confirmation that 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 those back 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 uh, back room dealings were happening. Overall, as to why he decided to file the lawsuit yesterday, because we need change. That was that was that was the number one reason. Um, and I know there's there's a sacrifice, there's risk to that, but um, at the end of the day, um, we need change. We need change. Um, I, I know many very capable um, black coaches, um, some of my staff who I know. Um, if given an opportunity or when given an opportunity, they're going to go and do a great job on their interview. Um, and I would just hate for that uh, to be a to be a waste. Uh, I, and I think, you know, we need to change the hearts and minds of of the people making those decisions. That's why we're that's why, you know, we filed the lawsuit. Lawsuits against the Giants, the Dolphins are in there as well, as well as the Broncos. Now, the Broncos have kind of come back this morning saying one of the allegations isn't sort of true or not. Um Here's what he thought about the interview with Denver. I've had nine interviews with NFL clubs. There's been one interview where anyone was late. And it wasn't me that was late. It was the interview interviewers who were late. Um, that was with the Broncos. I think there was a reason why they were late. Um, I think they were, they, they had, uh, they'd been out the night before. I think that's the reason why. What gave you the impression, if you will, that they had been out drinking the night before? Well, I mean, when you sit at a table with, with, with five people who are interviewing you, um, uh, you know who's, uh, you can tell who's, Asking questions, who's into the interview and who's not necessarily in the right, right, right state, I would say, in, in, in that moment. But even then, obviously, I put my best foot forward and showed 
why you know I was a, a good candidate for for that for that job. I'm always going to do that, but you know I, I I certainly did not feel like I was taken seriously, and that I was just there as a as a Rooney Rule. We'll have much more on this later on in the show here as well. And again, want to get your opinions and thoughts. It's a pretty big um, suit here against the NFL for sure. Hey, DraftKings Sportsbook officially live in Louisiana. Mobile sports betting just in time for the big game, Jordan. So you definitely want to get in on the excitement. DraftKings giving those new customers an opportunity to make a little extra cash. $5 or more on any playoff game. Win 280 in free bets when your team wins. Combined multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. It's called same game parlays. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Two key things. Download the app. Secondly, use the code LaRose. L-A-R-O-S-E. When we come back, Mr. Wilson Alexander will join us. He covers the LSU Fat and Tigers with the Advocates and also the Picayune. What's going on today at signing day? We'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans. I had dreamed of you in places I've not seen before. You get so carried away, like love is new to bodies, first to touch it. Calvin Braxton Ford is your brand new car dealer in Lockport, Louisiana. They cannot wait for you to stop in and take a look at their big town inventory and small town prices. Schedule your test drive today and let one of their trained sales staff help you every step of the way. Their skilled management team ensures that you'll have a phenomenal experience, whether it be sales, service, parts, or financing. Ford, the number one brand in America. Stop by today at Calvin Braxton Ford, 5878 Highway 1 in Lockport. For more than two decades, Reed's Metals has been providing metal roofing, steel buildings, and all the accessories for customers to buy direct and save. Reed's Metals specializes in on-job, sight-standing seam in over 20 colors, plus 26 and 29 gauge AZ-50 and AZ-55 Gavalume, backed by a 45-year written paint warranty and a 25-year warranty on acrylic-coated Gavalume. Buy direct and save Reed's Metals, located at 19 East Lincoln Drive, Northeast Brookhaven, or call 601-823-6516, online at reedsmetals.com. El Paso Mexican Grill and Steakhouse Highway 1 in Raceland features fantastic, authentic Mexican food and steaks. They have great lunch specials Monday to Fridays, plus enjoy happy hour from 3 to 7 p.m. with two-for-one margaritas. And on Fridays, it's two-for-one margaritas from open to close, plus live music on Friday evenings. El Paso Mexican Food and Steakhouse on Highway 1 Raceland. Want more from your bank? Open a Cajun Pride checking account at State Bank and Trust Company and enjoy the benefits. Unlimited check writing, overdraft protection, online banking, mobile banking, debit card, ID theft assistance, safe deposit box discounts, prescription drug discounts, shopping, travel, entertainment discounts, and much more. Call or come in for more information about applicable fees and terms. State Bank and Trust Company. Cajun Banking. Served just the way you like it. State Bank and Trust Company. Member FDIC. Got a hot take? Everybody listen up. Let's hear it. Call us at 800-998-1003. Answer that phone. Or tweet us at ESPN Radio NOLA. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. Jordan, what we got in that poll, sir? Yeah, so I posted it 18 minutes ago. Would you like to see Eric Gordon in a Pelicans uniform again? And we have 60 votes and 96% of the poll is no. no there's, and we there's, have, so there's a chance. And we have 10 <laughs> Comments 
all ten, ten basically all gifs already. saying hell no. Gifs, huh? Some with lemon heads. <laughs> there you have it. By the way, I didn't. I can't take credit for that. That's Larry Holder. When we started the show, that was the Eric Gordon era, and um, he said he kind of looks like the caricature of the lemonhead box of the candy. Eric Gordon, that was not me. Mr. Wilson Alexander covers the LSU Fighting Tigers for the Advocates and the Picayune. WH Alexander underscore. The way to follow him over on Twitter, as it is National Letter of Intent Day Part 2. What is exactly it's called now? Wilson, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right, Gus. I guess you could just continue to call it National Signing Day, but it's the less exciting of the two signing days. It's interesting because... For the most part, yeah, now December sort of has become, right, Wilson, that that you want to get your big names, your guys there. You still have some, though, that wait. And for LSU, this go-around, especially with a coaching change, maybe there's a little bit more attention going into it in terms of players that they get in the transfer portal and also maybe some guys that are still waiting to make decisions that may choose LSU. That's right. Coming out of that early signing period, because in large part due to the coaching change, LSU only had 13 guys in the class. In the last few years, it signed more like 20 guys during the early signing period. Um, Ever since that started back in 2017, that's what teams like LSU and other premier schools typically do. Um, But because of that coaching change, there was still over half a class to fill. Um, Plus the, you know, up to seven additional players you can replace because of, uh, guys you lose to the transfer portal. So a lot of open spots left in LSU attacked a lot of that through the transfer portal, you know, adding those 12 guys that I'm sure everybody's pretty well aware of by now um, that left them with seven spots for today. They've got six targets um, with Jalen Davis, Robinson, Trevante citizen, tight end, Danny Lewis, wide receiver, Caleb Douglas, linebacker, Harold Perkins and safety, Jacoby Matthews. You know, Wilson, when you take a look at today as well, it's it's how it goes on sighting day. Tigers targeting a couple of players. Now, they lost the running back, but on the defensive side, got themselves a cornerback. Yeah, they're one for two so far. Um, they were able to get Jalen Davis Robinson. He's a three-star cornerback out of Texas. Um, offered him just last week, and then uh, he just loved LSU and ended up uh, picking them over Oregon. Uh, was kind of the main competitor at the end. And they, they, then again, they lost Javante Citizen. And, you know, you don't expect to get every single target that you have on your board on signing day. High school kids are going to make decisions, um, you know, at a whim sometimes. Um, and people are going to go other places. But that's where, they, that's where they stand right now. Citizen was a big loss. He's a four-star running back out of Lake Charles, and it hurts to lose one of the top ten players in the state. Um, but he, uh, you know, is going to be headed down to Miami instead. Wilson, there's three key uh, announcements uh, today. One's coming up, and it looks like seven mi- minutes. Shamar Stewart, defensive line. He has Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Miami, and Texas that he's looking at. Um, and then the other two are linebacker Harold Perkins um, and four-star safety Jacoby Matthews. W- what are you kind of hearing from those three players and the one that's coming up in, in a few minutes? Yeah, the one that's coming up in a few minutes, uh, I would not expect him to pick LSU. That would be quite the shock. Um, talking to people around the program coming in, it was only those six targets that I mentioned a minute ago. Um, and the only four left would be, you know, Danny Lewis, Caleb Douglas, Harold Perkins, and um, Matthews. Um, but when it so if he were to pick LSU, that'd be a big shock. 
Hit Perkins and Matthew, though, those are the two, the two biggest names that every LSU person was looking at coming in today. It hurts on the citizen, but if you can still get Perkins and Matthews, then this will be a really pretty successful day for LSU. Perkins is a five-star linebacker. LSU needs to continue to add linebackers back right. to the roster. Getting Micah Bastille to come back for an additional year helps, um, as, you know, at least for next season. But they really need some depth back at that position. Um, and Perkins is the kind of guy who, as a five-star, means the number five overall player in the whole country the top linebacker in the country, you know, maybe he's someone who could even push for playing time as a freshman. He's like six, mm. three and over 200 pounds already. And, you know, we'll probably just gain, continue to grow if he gets into a strength program. And he's, LC's certainly got a shot. He's a new Orleans native. And then Matthews, you know, being a local guy from Ponchatoula, um, four or five star safety kind of depending on where you look. I mean, he's one of the top 50 players in the country and, LSU, while it doesn't need safety, it's not as much of a need for safeties necessarily. It's got a few on the roster who are pretty good. Um, you don't want to lose somebody like Matthews, um, especially when he's in your own backyard. Wilson, I think one of the things that we have seen over the last couple of weeks, not only are some incredible videos of Brian Kelly and some uh, you know, recruits over at LSU, but also the fact that he kind of seems like he's gone to work, right? I mean, it, there was that, that period of time when he came in, changes with the staff and, and long-time LSU people tied to the program, and that sort of was the story. What does he do? And these are names that, you know, Tiger fans sort of have an attachment to. But since then, it really has seemed like he's gone to work. And what I mean by that is he's attacked the transfer portal, I guess in a Cliff Notes version. What has he been able to do the last couple of weeks? He's been able to completely remake the program and the image that he had for it. Our columnist, Scott Rabble, I think, had a pretty good analogy early on where, it, you know, a lot of the, he was getting sort of getting rid of a lot of the holdovers and clearing out the staff and, and starting to reshape it that he compared it to kind of like scaffolding around a building where it looks pretty messy right now, but that's because they're building something underneath. And, of course, we'll see down the line whether or not what they were building was successful, um, but that's kind of what it took to get, you know, to remake the program the way he wanted it to look. And so they hired a completely new staff, completely new um, personnel staff or almost completely new anyway. There's a few holdovers from the last one on the personnel, you know, off the field recruiting side, but they've got a ton of new folks in the building um, off the field as well. And then transfer portal. He knew that this roster was while still talented in spots, not in great shape and needed to be just revamped. You got to have, they needed more numbers. They needed more depth. They just needed competition from top to bottom of the roster in order to make, you know, that whole, phrase iron sharpens iron they needed to regain that and he's been able to add those numbers back on the roster with some experienced guys um some guys who have been playing at SEC schools um greg brooks comes to mind from arkansas uh joe Fouché from arkansas as well both louisiana guys coming back and so um that's what they've done so far to set themselves up in a at least a decent position and then we'll probably be able to get a better idea exactly about how all that fits together once we get into spring ball Speak with Wilson Alexander for another minute or so here. You know, th that was one of the things you just mentioned, some of those Arkansas players and some of these other guys that have played in other schools too. I, I host Arkansas game day for what was CST now, your view. And so those are names that I'm familiar with and how they've sort of helped turn that program a bit around. Are you surprised that a guy outside of Louisiana with no LSU ties has been able to sort of attract players that are from the state that went elsewhere but now are coming back home? Or do you think at the end of the day, Wilson, it's about opportunity, it's about NIL, it's about a chance to be able to play close to home. No, I was not surprised. When you saw the trend that a lot of the folks they were pulling out of transfer portal were from LSU and coming back to Louisiana, 
you know, that LSU brand just attracts people who are within the state. People grow up around Louisiana wanting to go to LSU and having the chance to come back to that was probably really attractive to a lot of those guys who are originally from here. Um, and then, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Brian Kelly was able to do that for that reason, one. But also, even though he has no ties to this area previously, he's been hiring some assistants and a lot of personnel people who do, um, mm-hmm. who, who are from Louisiana or have other connections, and that's probably really helped. Well, San Alexander, as always, appreciate the time and the coverage here as well. We'll see what happens and how somebody's decisions impact. At the end of the day, Joe, spring ball, and then eventually, obviously, games. We'll see how all these new recruits and new faces and players um, come together, man. It should be interesting, right? Absolutely. It's always good. To, you know, everyone else wants to ask me, oh, what do you think is going to happen? Like, right now, I have no idea. Right. We will find out. Exactly. We've got to give it some time. The old time will tell, Wilson. That's the way to kind of go about it, man. Appreciate the time this afternoon, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a good one. For sure. At WH Alexander underscore is the way to follow Mr. Wilson Alexander over on Twitter. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, Jordan, we'll get into what USL, the Raging Cajuns, are doing. Scott Prather will touch on that with here as well at ESPN Lafayette. And then I ask him one of the other elements before we go to break, is, again, with the Flores suit, that, look, the feeling of going and getting interviewed and knowing the job's not there and getting the text from Bill Belichick, that is obviously a major focus. Another one, though, in that lawsuit, and Matty Hudak, by the way, went into the lawsuits page by page, section by section. If you want to go check out her Twitter profile, she went into into a lot of detail as well. There's allegations that in Miami, he was offered as much as $100,000 to lose a game by the owner. Since then, Hugh Jackson has come out. Former Cleveland head coach. He won one game in two years, Jordan. Zero and one in in consecutive seasons. In a Twitter back and forth with a comment, he says, and this was the second time in the last two weeks he's mentioned it. He says it it wasn't that kind of money, but it was good money. As he's insinuated that the ownership of the Browns did not want to win. Wanted to tank. Dominic Foxworth this morning on Get Up. Guys work their entire lives. As someone who did this, from the age of like 12 till I got to the NFL, every freaking decision that I made in my life was a sacrifice to get to that point. Then once I got there as a third round pick, I continued to make those sacrifices in order to finally get to a second contract so that I could affect the lives of my family going forward. The idea that I could go somewhere after sacrificing my entire life to get there and have my opportunity squandered because you want a bleeping draft pick is like (laughs) infuriating. And then the idea that you could take Brian Flores, who is a black coach and has a hard time getting a job and ask him to tarnish his reputation and to blow, which is probably going to be his only shot because black coaches have a hard time getting that second opportunity so that you can get a draft pick is unethical and despicable. I'll say this as we go to break, Jordan, in this city, uh, belief in the integrity of the NFL probably doesn't go very high, right? I mean, when you start thinking of different things from what, what was it? The, the, the Patriots tape gate or whatever it was, right? Whatever what the tapes got destroyed. Remember? And then deflate gate. The deflate gate's another one. Um, look, I mean, the bounty thing was a complete situation where the NFL tried to make itself look good, right? 
I mean, we all know that. And we saw how that, that they handled that situation. But they have <laughs> they have done some things that goodness. You know? I mean, just recently, this season with the John Gruden thing. Okay, they that's during the investigation of Washington's football team and what was going on over there, and they over undercover they uncovered Gruden's emails. But yet, when asked to release them, like in its entirety, no, they protected their organization. I, look, there's a lot of people nationally bringing this up here as well. Not just the hiring practices, but also, is it is this on the level of fraud? Think, think of the betting, the money, in that aspect. Season ticket holders, players, right? Players Association, all of that. It's just, I, I, it's hard to fathom that literally somebody would come in from the top of your organization and then incentivize you to lose, pay you to do that, rather than turning it around and win. It's crazy when you think about it from that standpoint. Um, Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, joins us next. You're listening to your home for Pelicans basketball, ESPN New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belt sand related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse delivers. Fleet Supply offers daily scheduled delivery, including Bayou Lafourche, New Orleans, Morgan City, New Iberia, Lafayette, Thibodeau, Baton Rouge, the North Shore, plus the River Parishes, too. Automotive, lawn equipment, agricultural, marine, or industrial. Fleet Supply Warehouse. 985-868-0430. Venture Boulevard, Homa. When others treat your fries as an afterthought, all you're left with are cold, soggy fries. That's why Wendy's new fries are ones you won't forget. Guaranteed to be hot and crispy, or we'll replace them. We're talking natural cut, skin-on fries, perfectly seasoned with a hint of sea salt. In fact, they're even preferred almost two to one over McDonald's. These are fries so hot and crispy, they beg a new question. What would you like with your fries? Try them today, only at Wendy's. At participating U.S. Wendy's, taste preference based on a national taste test by an independent research company. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. I know a lot of people are going to be talking about the fact that Kansas City gave this game away, but let's give Cincinnati some damn credit here. Their defense stopped them before the half. Imagine going into overtime and the roar you hear from the crowd that the Kansas City Chiefs won the coin toss. And what did Cincy do? They went out and they got a stop. Their defense won that game. G.J. and Max, followed by Greeny. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Here we go. Hot Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 
there that the Pels could be interested in a couple of players, Jordan. Yeah, just just a couple. In particular of, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. one being Eric Gordon, but the other two, Harrison Barnes and Robert Covington. Mm-hmm. How likely are Pelicans fans excited about Eric well, Gordon? Well, there's a hundred votes now. A hundred votes. Okay, what and are we? Ninety-three percent of them say no. <laughs> But it's not 99 or 100. No. 93%. Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, are you one of those um, percentiles that would, would welcome Eric Gordon back to New Orleans? Um, that would be a, a no. <laughs> I mean, there's, I know that you're supposed to separate emotion and all that stuff and objectivity, are... but come on. Like, Eric Gordon back with the Pelicans. I mean, you talk about a match uh, made in hell. I mean, it was not. Yeah, I, I. There were. I'll be. I'll be fair. There were a few times when Gordon was in New Orleans where he tried. You know, I mean, he got breakfast for the media once. He showed up at a. I think it was a Bourbon Street Shots watch party one time, and you know, the year they they were the eighth seed and got swept by Golden State, he had a nice run there where he's sitting hitting some threes, but it it never felt genuine when he said he liked being there. Right out the gate, he said enough. He did all the damage. I mean, he just the guy gets booed more. I mean, who who has returned to the Smoothie King Center as a former player and been booed, got booed. more than Eric Gordon has? Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think of anyone really, honestly, other than AD. AD, but AD he did a little bit, there. and then everyone just kind of moved on. Like Gordon, yeah. he would just touch the ball and do some <laughs> So. I mean, come on. I mean, David uh-huh. Griffin's trying to keep his job. He, I don't. I don't think he should pay yeah. for Eric Gordon. No doubt. Uh, we'll see if uh, the Pels are as big a buyers as a lot of people are saying out there. C.J. McCollum, a couple of names as well, with, as Jordan mentioned, Harrison Barnes, some other players. Do you think, I know you've asked me this on your show, that the Pels will be buyers as opposed to just trying to find a, a piece or two? Do you think they're looking for a substantial piece? I, I My thing is, why not? I think there's there's if you're in the Pelican situation, there's one thing you obviously need to avoid, and that's short term game, right? And you never you don't want to trade for a, a, a really good player on an expiring deal, right? You don't want to do anything like that. But if you have a chance to pull the trigger on a on a McCullum who's got two years after this year that would mm-hmm. fit in really well into what the Pelicans want to do offensively, I mean, where else are you gonna get that? Like you have future assets, you know it's better than you know, future cap space and, you know, draft assets is, is, is a, a former all-star who fits in nicely with, with what you're doing. He was like the last year of his deal, only had a year after this one. I'd be like, right. yeah, but why not? I, I think it, it, it's, it's not an either-or thing. I mean, a lot of people break it down to, well, this doesn't fit the timeline or you're, you're, you're thinking to a short term. I'm like, not really. It's kind of somewhere in the middle, and if it works out, it can be a long-term thing, but – we saw last summer David Griffin being all this chatter. I mean, what was his reports? Pell's going to make a run for, for Kyle Lowry. Pell's going to make a run for Chris Paul. Pell's want to be aggressive. They have money to spend. And they tried, and then no one came. And then it was a sign-and-trade, Devontae Grandel. We know what happened at free agency. And Garrett Temple and Sadorowski and some of it was via trade. It was not what they were hoping for. When you were in New Orleans and you're the Pelicans, the reality is you're not a free agent destination. So if you want to get a really solid, good player who's been an all-star before, you got to either draft him or trade for him. And I, I get the, I get the McCollum isn't, isn't an all-star anymore, but 
he, I, I really think his game would fit in nicely with Ingram and then at some point Zion. So my thing is, why not? Like, why does it have to be an either-or thing? Oh, well, you're not thinking long-term or short-term. It's not about trying to get into the playing game. If, if that was all it was about, that would be silly. It's about, it's, for me, it's always about long-term, right? And sometimes now and the future coincide, and when you've got all these assets, what, why are you sitting on them? Use them. Do something. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm all for them pulling the trigger. No doubt. Scott, uh, as Scott mimics the way to follow you over on Twitter, Scott Prather from ESPN Lafayette. What's been the reaction, man? It's been uh, hard to believe eight days today since Sean Payton has stepped down. We talked last Wednesday about it as well. Since then, though, we've gotten the list of uh, potential head coaching candidates that have interviewed with the Saints. Doug Peterson on Sunday, Brian Flores, Dennis Allen, Aaron Glenn, and it looks like Darren Rizzi are on that list of people that will speak with Mickey Loomis and other top Saints officials. What's the feeling in Acadiana? Who do they want as the head coach of the Saints? I think most people just feel like it's a plug-and-play with Dennis Allen. I mean, I've gotten a few people that say, you know, you go after the enemy right and well as native, but they haven't even reportedly lined up an interview with him. So that's out the gate. Uh, most people just feel like do your due diligence, don't rush it, but it's always different when a coach is fired versus when a coach just moves on because – you know, if a coach moves on and you've been winning, you don't want to change too many things. You want to try to keep a lot of what's working. Right. You know, it's not an overhaul. It's not let's bring in a new guy. And I think, you know, a lot of fans here, and they're fans of UL and seeing Napier leave for Florida and try to promote from within because he didn't get fired. He moved on because he was really good and he built something good. And I think that mindset has kind of carried over a lot of Saints fans in this area as far as who the next head coach will be. But make no mistake about it. I mean, they were – it's. <laughs> It's a giant loss. You lost Sean Payton. You can try to, you know, uh, promote from within and keep as much of that culture together as you want. At the end of the day, you're still losing arguably the biggest piece to all of it. But Dennis Allen's kind of been the go-to, and I know that's kind of safe and, and, and kind of the majority, but that's what it's been like. That's That's been the chatter on the airwaves mm-hmm. that people have been telling me about. They all kind of feel like it's Dennis Allen, for, for the, you know, for the most part. They all seem to be good with it. They're all like, yeah, I guess so. You know, it works. Wish Sean was staying, but, you know, just keep it rolling. Go with Allen. That's, that's been the mindset. Brian Flores filing suit against the NFL. Look, he was a, 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 a individual that interviewed with the Saints there as well. And in, in this situation, Scott, as you just mentioned, it, it seems like the Saints have a nice fit, but they did interview. He's filing suit because of instances perhaps where he feels that there isn't a job or it's disingenuous and stuff. And then you look at the other allegations in there of owners perhaps paying him uh, and other coaches coming out, Hugh Jackson coming out, um, Marvin Lewis coming out, things of that nature where they feel that ownership made sure for them to not to succeed. I'm not surprised by that at all. And obviously it's an allegation has to be proven, Scott. But when I look back at Bounty Gate, I look back at the Flake Gate, I look back at, you know, tapes just being destroyed the John Gruden emails they found him but they're not going to release the other emails from the from the Washington football team I the, the NF does the NFL have a credibility problem right now among sure. others among others sure yeah they, they've got a lot of problems but they had over a hundred million you know unique viewers to championship weekend um, and while they have issues the money keeps pouring in I'm not trying to downplay what 
you know, what, what, what Flores did. And I think it, sure. I think it took a lot of courage and I think he's putting a lot on the line and I respect him for it. I also think, you know, I was hearing Dan Patrick say he reached out to Tony Dungy and he's like, do you think this is going to change anything? And he said, Dungy replied, sadly, probably not. Um, you know, I, I, the, the, the racial things throughout that lawsuit are definitely concerning. And, and I think a lot of them are wrong. Um, I don't, I mean, you know, in terms of the actions are wrong. I'm not saying that Flores is wrong. And there are all allegations at this point, Gus, but I think, I think for the NFL, the, the allegation against the owner of the Dolphins um, allegedly bribing a head coach to intentionally try and lose games right. for a league that for years acted like gambling wasn't part of it when we all knew it was just ridiculous, finally decides to say, you know what, we're in on the gambling thing, right? And, and sports betting, of course, went live in, in, in Louisiana last Friday, and, and everybody's been hearing, yeah, the draft things and everything. But, but the NFL is finally just embracing the, the honesty of it. Like, yeah, you know, this is part of it, right? You see the Caesar Sportsbook ads. I could go on and on. But when you're finally coming out and saying, yes, gambling is a big part of sports. It's a big part of this league. And right when that starts to happen, an owner is <laughs> allegedly trying to pay a coach to, to intentionally lose games. That is, that is concerning. Like, that is a bad look. Uh, and I think of everything in there. Obviously, the you know you you could you could pick and choose what's morally the worst, um, and certainly you know some of the, the the alleged racism is. I think from a business standpoint, what's the what's the worst thing for the NFL long term? Potentially the worst thing. I think it's the allegations of trying to bribe a coach to throw games. Yeah. Um, will anything actually change? I mean, it's I don't know, Gus. The NFL is just. It's a beast. We've seen them have issues. We've seen them have image issues, credibility issues, many times over. And yet, ninety of the top one hundred most watched things on American television in the year twenty twenty one were NFL games. And over a hundred million viewers tuning in last weekend, and who knows how many more for the Super Bowl. So, as long as the money's pouring in and the TV money's there, it's like, do things need to change? Absolutely. Will they? I'd be lying if I said I think they definitely will. Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette. As always, appreciate the time, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man, great talking to you guys. Thanks so much. Yep, at Scott Mimic is the way to follow over on Twitter. Quick bit of news here in 10 seconds. Jordan, go. Yeah, the guy that we were looking at that was about to make his announcement, Shamar Stewart, defensive lineman, um, he committed to Texas A&M. Right. They get stronger. He goes over there to Jimbo, and they have the number one recruiting class already coming into today. Up next, Coach G, the U.S. men's soccer team, takes on Honduras. Can they win today? We'll talk to him next on the ESPN New Orleans. I'm glad you stumbled in here on your business trip. Before you close your tab, remember I play for tips. Bobby? Yes, Dad? Let me tell you about our new Flower Petal Collection. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Aunt Lori. Bobby, these are the most beautiful engagement rings you've ever seen. The flower petal with an oval is an elongated curve. Like the petal of a round-lobed hepatica. 
the most beautiful of all the wildflowers. The marquee tapers to a point at each end. Like a spring star flower. The round almond is a perfect circle. Like the center of a sunflower. The princess is a perfect square. Like a flower painted by Pablo Picasso. The pear is round at one end, but pointed on the other. Like a flower that's weeping tears of joy. And each of these diamond flower petals has little diamonds all around it. Like drops of dew in the springtime. These flower petals are amazing. Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers is the largest diamond store in Louisiana on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie. It's the President's Day sales event at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a Ram, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Ram's long-lasting new pickups or their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Get more for your business with a new Ram truck or van at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fan. Now back to the Sports Hangover with <laughs> Gus Kattengau. Welcome back, Sports Hangover. Coach G, it's Wednesday. Time to talk a little football. How are you this afternoon? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Eh, well, you know, it's um, right? a lot, lot of news for sure. We got a game right? today, though. U.S. taking on Honduras, 6.30. Now, the U.S. men's national team has not lost consecutive World Cup qualifying games since 2016. Mm-hmm. So that's on the line. Honduras should be a team that the U.S. should win. But here's what mm-hmm. I've learned in one week's time, essentially, in which three games have been scheduled. Yeah, the game last Thursday, they win one nothing against Salvador. Mm-hmm. Then they lose against Canada on Sunday 2-0. Yeah. And now they have this game. When you look at this stretch, it, it sure doesn't seem like the team that we saw the, the previous stretch before they went off. So what's the difference? God only knows. Um, we, the, it looks like everything that I'm reading about is, you know, the midfielders are complaining that the coach is holding them back, that they're just waiting and just waiting to let go of the leash, per se. I'm, I'm reading a bunch of finger-pointing right now. Um, something's going on in the camp, but ultimately it's the offense. The offense is not really doing anything. On paper, we look fantastic with our 17 shots, our 20 shots. But on frame, where it really counts, it's like two three or four, like the numbers are so low. So our accuracy is not there. So any kind of defense kind of just puts in the way of Americans forward, like it's going to shut them down. So right there, our offense is not producing. Um, I don't know if it's the cold, but again, like when I'm reading and watching some of the videos and reading some articles, it seemed like last week um, they were all happy. They didn't mind the cold, but against Canada, it looked a little different. Um, yes, we, we won one zero um, against uh, with El Salvador. Um, the other day, and yeah, we should do a little better than that. <laughs> One zero, but then we played them prior to um, to the last game on Wednesday. I'm sorry, on Thursday, we tied them one zero. So, like against these tougher uh, Central American teams, 
we don't have the glory days of of uh, Clint uh, Dempsey and um, and who else? I, I'm I'm trying to blank right now. Tony Miola. Back in the days of where the United States and Mexico, the only two countries to do well and would dominate all Central American countries. But right now, and I, you got to give props to Canada. They they're doing very well. They're first place. I think they kind of actually punched their ticket when they're uh, when they beat us right now. So luckily, we're playing Honduras next game. But yeah, the, this stretch of uh, three games are very important. Now looking forward to the next uh, stretch of three games. We play Mexico, Panama, and Costa Rica. Mexico's three, Panama's fourth, and Costa Rica's fifth right now. We're sitting second, but we're only sitting second with Mexico, but we have um, a goal differential. It's getting a little tighter right now. So that loss against Canada was huge looking forward um, to uh, the standings in the future. So uh, the Mexico game is going to be extremely important. Panama game is extremely important, and hopefully by then we kind of locked ourselves up with that last game against Costa Rica. Right. It's kind of maybe just a play-and-scrimmage game, but yeah, it's – Things are looking kind of interesting right now. Um, U.S. could be sweating. And that's what I was going to say. The last time we chatted, we, we were the U.S. was trying to avoid that, right, to, to make mm-hmm. those three games almost a necessity to, to get in and do that. You, you mentioned two things that were interesting. We, we spoke with head coach Kenny Farrell of the Jesters a little bit about it as well. Uh, looking back at, at that game against Canada especially, and you mentioned, and it piqued my interest when you said that there was maybe some finger-pointing and, and players wanting the leash to get going. I asked him when he watches as a coach, what does he see? And one thing he brought up in particular was right at the very beginning of that game, you know, passing it back towards the goal, almost scoring goals on themselves sometimes and not attacking and just doing those things. See, I just heard you say that. Is that kind of what maybe the players – because that's that's something that you're being told to do then, right? Because he's like, you do it once, it doesn't work. You wouldn't do that again. And they did it three times in the first 10 minutes. Yeah, and, and right there, it, it's, it's, it shows that you're scared to move forward. Like, you're scared to be on the front foot, per se. And then when the, any team, but Canada, when they do the high press, we cough it up and, oh, crap, here it is now. They might be um, outnumbering us, and we have to defend that. And it looked like that all the time. And I really hate, I truly hate if United States, I'm using United States as an example, let's say it's our corner kick. And something doesn't happen, and now a second later, our goalie has the ball. It's like, why would we just lose a possession right there in offense? It seems like that happens a lot, exactly and that's said. where I see the finger pointing is, like, the coach said, hey, if we all get in trouble, give it back to Matt Turner. Well, I'm sorry, but that really shuts down any kind of momentum. It shuts down any kind of offensive feel because you're scared or you don't want to lose over the, the ball. And, yeah, our possession, we had 65% of the possession against Canada, but truly what it looked like when I was watching it, it looked like Canada had the 65%. It looked like they were doing the, the better runs, the more intelligent um, plays. It just looked like everything was going Canada's way. But I'm looking at all the stats, like, is that right? We had better stats. We had better shots. We had all this. It looked like Canada's game plan looked better. Just attack. Get that ball, turn over, and, and go. And Canada only had seven shots, four around frame, two one in. Like, those are great numbers. That's like an average number for any kind of game. But for the United States, when we're having 17 shots, none of them's going in. So uh, something's happening where our midfield is, is maybe not um, confident in our forwards to give them ball. So if they're getting kind of jammed in the middle, we'll let's go back to Matt Turner. Then we lose all momentum. Like It's just like, I don't know, it was a bad game to watch. And I was 
kind of pissed off, actually. And I hate to use those words, but like when we have such great talent and the coach seems like he's doing what he's supposed to do and we're going forward and every day we're getting better and better and better. Now this set of three games, because we're going backwards. It's like, why, why do we keep on doing this as a national team? And it's so hard for me to be a, a jump on the bandwagon, but I'm kind of a USA, kind of a, like a realist when it comes to soccer. Potential's there, but for decades, we just can't put everything together. So we're getting our talent overseas. That's what we want. But our coaching staff, I would say, is right now is kind of lacking. So I don't know what's going on, but a lot of finger points right now is going on in the, the, the national camp. Which is nuts because that's not what you would probably want at this stage of qualifying, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the stuff that you get perhaps at the very beginning when you're trying to find who you are. Like a year or two ago is what I'm getting at, Coach G. You wouldn't be doing that right now. Speak with Pat Gicontari. Um so when you look at tonight's game, what is key? We got about two and a half minutes here before the top of the hour break. So what, when I turn on the game at 630, what am I paying attention to tonight? Um, I, I hope that the team shows up. I hope all 11 starting um, field players show up. And as soon as that whistle gets blown, the United States are on the front foot. Um, the worst thing right now is to, like we saw against Canada, first 10 minutes, even though Canada scored in the seventh minute, that our ball is on our defensive end. we got to be on the front foot. And we're in playing in St. Paul, you know, Minnesota. It's freezing up there. We're playing a team that's more more or less on the equator. Like, everything, everything should be in our favor. But ultimately, we need to score goals. And we need to score many, many goals against Honduras tonight because, like I said, Mexico is only one goal difference less than us. If they were one goal ahead of us, we would be in third place. So every single goal right now matters. Now, to look at tonight's schedule, I would say, yes, the United States game is extremely important. But Mexico versus Panama, number three versus number four playing tonight. So we're kind of hoping for a tie. We're looking for a draw so each team will get a point. But that's where we need our three points. We need to kind of get a little buffer zone because those last three games in March will determine if we're going or not. Pat G. Conterry, as always, man, appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Hopefully. Always. Have a good day. We'll have, have a good day, guys. Uh, we'll have a nice game tonight. <laughs> you sound a little concerned, though. I'm just, you sound a little concerned. Jordan, are you concerned tonight? No, I'm not concerned. You're not concerned. You think uh, the U.S. gets a win, huh? We're going to get a win. Don't worry. By the way, one quick um, other tidbit of NFL news before we wrap up our number one. The Bills making a hire of note. Yeah, they're expected to hire Panthers offensive coach Joe Brady as their new quarterback mm-hmm. coach. Former Panther offensive coordinator, now the quarterback's coach over there as well. So he has found somewhere to, to land there. Perhaps one of the next names that a lot of people sort of feel could be a possible head coach moving forward um, was Ken Dorsey. And if eventually he moves on, then you got, yeah, I guess your, your next offensive coordinator there. Yeah, we'll see. George keeping an eye on a couple of other names here as well that could be making an announcement or not, right? Um, by the way, <laughs> on Stephen A's show, Taylor Twillman went after Buck, Greg Berhalter as well with the game plan, so lots of interesting things going on. Anyway, Pels get a win. We'll hear more from the locker room there as well. Coming up in hour number two, Gary Smith at 115 on Tulane and their signing day here. They've also hired some coordinators and coaches, so we'll ask them about that. Sean Fox as well. Sports Hangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans. Bring it home.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, 